With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. And welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. You are listening and or watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show, streaming to you live on social media at BillyFMDFM Show. We are also live to you on YouTube. Please subscribe and check us out after the show on your favorite pod streaming app. Not to mention, we're live on television now, live on TV streaming. You can go to the Amazon App Store, download the MD's Fantasy Football Show to your Fire TV and your Android devices. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, back here with Chris Dauhauer on another lovely Friday evening. Uh, we actually had some technical difficulties going on with Super Draft, which is the platform we're trying to move the MD's DFS contest to. Because of that, and I want to make sure the MD Nation is getting their contest in, their ability to win a free week of easy sports betting data and get their name eligible to be on a December giveaway for championship footballs from championshipfootballs.com. We decided to move it back to DraftKings for this week. Hopefully, we'll get it ironed out. We'll be back to Super Draft next week. So bear with us. But we are back on DraftKings this week. So we'll be talking our normal salary cap players. And we'll give you guys our lineup, our analysis on what to go after. And it's it's a crazy Sunday. We, Chris, I know tonight is about DFS. But I feel like being that we are the M fantasy football show and we're pretty much covering everything, we try to get the news out. I would feel remiss if we did not at least go over some of the COVID news and how it affects the fantasy playoffs, which is the first round here. Uh, so first and foremost, let's get off the top, which is we have the Browns and Raiders. They got moved to 5 o'clock on Monday. The Eagles-Washington game got moved to 7 p.m. Tuesday. So did the Rams and Seattle game. That got moved to 7 p.m. on Tuesday as well. By the way, both games will air at the same time. Uh, I believe the Eagles-Washington game will be on Fox and the NFL Network will be carrying the Rams in Seattle game. I may have that mixed up, but I, I think that's what it is. Uh, so you'll be able to watch both of them, maybe have two screens go at the same time so you can actually watch these things. What does that mean for your fantasy teams? Well, all the players that were testing positive for COVID, it, there's a real potential here that they could actually come back. That was the whole idea of this, you know, moving this thing back a little bit, seeing if players could get activated once again so we're not, pretty much playing practice squads out there because it's essentially what it was, especially that Browns Raiders game was that was getting real ugly in a heartbeat because Browns can't get through a day without adding somebody else on the COVID-19 list. What do you do as a fantasy football manager? If you have, let's say a Tyler Lockett or an OBJ who came out and said he tested negative today and he thinks he's going to be good to go and play. What do you do about the Browns players, the Jarvis Landry who potentially could come back and play. Now, do you hold out hope 
or do you just play with your other pivot options knowing that they'll probably play on Sunday? Welcome in, Chris Dowhauer. I know I had to take it away from you there, but how are you doing? And then, you know, answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing okay. Uh, and for the question, I think that you're looking at trying to hold off as long as possible to set your lineups this week. One of the advantages of the games getting changed is you're not going to have make that decision about those Raiders-Cleveland game on, on the Saturday. So you have a chance to kind of get some news on Sunday. You know that there has to be two tests uh, passed on 24-hour period for people to play. So understand that vaccinated. you should have – and vaccinated. So you should have a good time frame or a good reporting that should give you a good idea, hopefully by around 12 o'clock you know, Sunday, who's going to be in, who's going to be out. So hopefully that'll kind of buy you some time and give you some opportunity to kind of adjust your lineups accordingly. And what you might want to do is look for some players maybe that you're kind of iffy on and look for some of those 430 games or later games where you can kind of plug guys into your lineup. Um, and I, you know, Dan talked about this last time on our show on Wednesday evening about, you know, making sure that when you set your lineups, you give yourself options. So putting guys in positions, so a flex, for example, making sure you hold off as long as you kind of can to set that flex position in your lineup and have the running back who plays at one o'clock being your one o'clock running back versus the guy that you're kind of debating on before these like the kind of players, like OBJ, for example, and kind of plug them into your flex, try to hold off as long as possible. Whether it's that 4.30 game, it's the 8 o'clock game, or to the following games, it gives you kind of that chance to kind of adjust your lineups accordingly as you get kind of news. Yeah, figure out what you have. It's all going to be contextualized around your roster construction, obviously. But let's say if you have a player who's in the same tier-ish as a guy who's on COVID, let, let's throw out Tyler Lockett. I think that's a big one because we don't know if Tuesday's really going to buy him enough time or not. And he's been a wide receiver, too. If you have, let's say, I don't know, a Michael Pittman who maybe isn't on the same, hasn't had the same ceiling of a Tyler Lockett as lately, but is still a wide receiver too. My advice to you guys would be to play that player. If they're in the same tier, uh, an OBJ, he's a wide receiver three. Uh, let's say you have a KJ Osborne. We know KJ Osborne is going to play. I would say just play KJ Osborne over an OBJ because you know for sure he's going to play and he's in the same tier. That's how I would kind of tackle this thing out depending upon, you know, what kind of news we get up. Now, pay attention to news up to 12 o'clock, and we'll keep you up to date on social media with the player news notifications all throughout the weekend as much as we possibly can because this, this whole thing is fluid. And when this is the fantasy playoff, so nobody wants to miss and wind up being left holding the bag with no, nobody in their lineup. Uh, so it, it's a mess in that sense. But if you have a guy who's around the same tier, just plan on playing the other guy, even though maybe an OBJ, a Tyler Lockett, uh, a Jarvis Landry, somebody might have a bigger ceiling than what you have available to you in that sense. If you are going to try to, you know, hold out and wait and hope and all that noise, then yeah, like you said, make sure you have an extra pivot option. Make sure you have the backup to that player to be able to go to. Just, just be prepared. It's all we have to say. I would not overly try to risk it depending upon what your roster construction is. So that's why I say if you have the player in the same tier, that, that would be my overall advice. Go ahead and play that player. It was good news for Jalen Hurts. Because Dalen Hurts practice in full today. He'll have the extra few days. So there are some guys who might wind up benefiting from this as well. But it's a, it's it's an absolute mess. And this this week has been hell. But let's try to win you guys some money. We can do that. We can try to win you guys the tournament. DFS, again, the MD's DFS contest. The link is in the comments wherever you're watching this live, whether it be on YouTube or Twitter or anywhere else for that matter, on social media, at BillyBMDFF Show. The link is right there. Hit it. Again, we're back to DraftKings for this week because we had technical difficulties with Super Draft Pro. So make sure you're hitting that so you can get a free week of easy sports betting data if you win and get your name eligible for the December giveaway. Last week, I won the contest, so no one became eligible. PE Girl 08 or 09, I think she is the only one for December so far, and we're running out of time. We got a couple more weeks. So guys, jump in. Let's see if we can get your names eligible for this, and we'll win you some money in the process. Uh, Chris, do you have your lineup ready to go? I do. All right, fire away, sir. So one of the things that you, we talked about, you know, usually this is kind of a gold mine for DFS things when situations like this kind of pop up and you have opportunity to kind of plug your, your lineup accordingly where some guys might be out with the COVID. Um, but with the changing in the times, there is some, you know, actually a player of pool of players who got pulled from your opportunity kind of yeah. in this one o'clock game. So, I know there's a lot of players that people were liking, like Matthew Stafford, for example, was somebody who I had in a lot of my DFS lineups. So I had to kind of, you know, bail and change. So I went with Dak Prescott and Jefferson just to throw it in. I had both of them in my lineup. I was very excited about. At this point, I had to take him out. So you, who did you go with a quarterback? So at quarterback, I went with Dak Prescott. I know that Kyler Murray might be the most expensive quarterback and probably the top play possibly this week. 
But after that, you have a lot of debatable guys, and I think you can come and you'll look for some value, whether it's a, a two Tiger Low or something along those lines. But I think Dak Prescott had a lot of press that was kind of you know, negative towards his way. I think the matchup versus Dallas <clears throat> versus Giants, I'm sorry, is going to be a fantastic matchup for him. I think Dallas is going to give him a chance to kind of un- open up the offense a little bit. We know Zeke's still kind of banged up. They do get Pollard back. But I think more is going to be – this is going to be Dak Prescott show, $6,500. Um, I think he's a good value, and I think he's a player that you. Know, I think he's arguably one of the best players you can have in your lineup this week. I know he's yeah. been coming off a lot of street, you know, poor, poor play of, of late, but it's one of the guys I do think in DFS you can play. We got a question: uh, Is this an American contest? Uh, yes, I don't think you have to be in America to play it, though. I think as long as you hit the link on social media, you should be able to sign up and go. Yes, so, sir. no matter where you are in the country, you can play the MD's DFS contest. Yeah, I like Dak Prescott a lot because he is. He's priced up a little higher, but because of his slump as of late, I think people are going to be not playing him. He's going to be a contrarian play. And the other thing about that is you and I talked about this, I believe, on Wednesday. We truly believe against the Giants, given the situation around the running backs and needing to get Dak out of a slump, I think they're going to give him every opportunity to do so. So that's why I like him so much uh, for DFS. And I would like him over Taysom Hill. We're getting comments here about Hill over Prescott. In redraft leagues, I would contemplate it. But even in redraft leagues, I have Taysom Hill at QB11. I got Dak Prescott QB8 this week. I don't think his ceiling is quite as high against Tampa Bay. So give me Dak Prescott big time in tournaments this week. I don't think a lot of people are going to try to play him. Yeah, and I can't argue Taysom Hill's not a bad option as well. I mean, you see what Josh Allen did on the running as running versus Tampa Bay last week. So you do kind of hope they get that production on the ground from Taysom Hill. He's not a bad – I think both are going to be options this week. Um, and the running back, I went with A.J. Dillon. This is a guy who's kind of stolen some of the thunder from Aaron Jones as of late. Um, you've seen him get more touches over the last, I think, since week 12, basically. You've seen him average about 15 to 16 touches a game, where Aaron Jones has got about 12 touches a game. He's kind of taken over that you know finisher, finisher role. His Ravens team coming up extremely banged up. Um, they don't get any kind of you know bonus from any time changes or anything along those lines. So Lamar Jackson is still highly questionable. Offensively, you got some questions, and defensively, we know how you know basically they're just rolling on a mash unit out there. So you have an AJ Dillon who has a chance to you know get up an easy a game script that could get him up easy, have him be able to finish off. And we know the Ravens have him in the super you know Raven like versus the run this well this year. And with AJ Dillon being involved in the passing game as well, I love his upside for this Green Bay offense. Yeah, that that's a definitely contrarian play. That's a very ballsy play at that as well because he's just not getting the same kind of usage. Uh, he did get cleared. He's good to go. He'll play on Sunday. That much is for sure. But yeah, he's not getting the same kind of usage there. So you're hoping he gets a couple of touchdowns like he did last week to really boost that fantasy value because I do believe A.J. Dillon leads the way in carries from here on out. Yeah, so I think A.J. Dillon, $5,700. You love that value, like you said. And yeah, do you think he's going to lead in carries as well? The other running back position I went with, kind of the guy who's through attrition, we saw stand through last week this three-man backfield, and that's Devontae Dante Foreman, uh, $5,200. I'm not a huge fan of his talent, but I am a big, huge fan of this matchup. I think this is a game where you're going to see Tennessee try to get back to the basics and run the ball again. We have seen them be really effective with the running game mortal as of late. Uh, we saw that kind of rotation effect. The backup running backs more so than Foreman. He clearly seems to be the red zone preference and the guy who's going to get most of the first and second down opportunities. And $5,200, I think you're looking for a steal there. I think Deontay Foreman might be that guy that you can kind of – another contrarian play possibly, but somebody kind of off the radar and a nice smash spot. Yeah, I like that one too because uh, he's going to be a contrarian play, so I always like that for tournaments. But without the Foreman, I just don't – I don't trust the upside with him in a tournament play. In a cash play, sure, I could see that. In a tournament play, though, I don't really like his price tag at $5,000. I don't think it's a guarantee he'd double and a half – uh, your price tag there. So I'm not big on him for a tournament situation. Yeah, I, I can understand that, but I'm also very big on playing Pittsburgh's defense right now. So to me, if I can get a piece of that defense and I can get opportunity to have a big game and multiple touchdowns, I'm going to take that chance with Dr. Foreman this week. But I understand what you're saying. Um, the other receiver, I'm going with C.D. Lamb this week. C.D. Lamb, $7,400, a little expensive, but also the receiver who I think is one of the more consistent guys that you can bet on right now. Guys are all over the place production-wise at receiver, but C.D. Lamb's going, you know, basically producing for this Dallas offense weekend at week out. I'm kind of pairing up with Dak Prescott under the assumption that I do think, like I said, Dak's going to have a good game. But one guy I'm not really worried about this is offense, no matter what has been C.D. Lamb. I know he's been splitting a little bit of the touches with uh, Amari Cooper in his slot, but it hasn't really hurt his production. And this guy looks explosive and a game-changer out there. So I'm going with C.D. Lamb from my first receiver. 
Yeah, CeeDee Lamb was somebody I had in a previous version of my lineup. I do like him a lot this week against Washington. I wound up taking him out because I just I I get a little bit leery about his ceiling in a tournament play because Amari Cooper, Gallup, they all have the same matchup, obviously, but also they have the same amount of playing time, routes run. These three guys are all pretty even with each other, and it's not like the Rams where Cooper Cup is clearly the leader. I think CeeDee Lamb is the leader in the targets for this team, but it's a much closer gap between the three than it is, let's say, for the Rams. So I actually went away from Lamb because of that. I mean, I could definitely understand that play. Um, one of the things I like, though, is at the price tag, he's pretty cheap. And comparable to what you really have available for receiver, there's a lot of the guys that aren't available because of the, you know, those changes and on, on the schedule and some of the COVID things that are going on. So you start going through some receivers, particularly guys who are banged up or questionable to play. You really have a gap between you know the, the top tier Devonte Adams, where you got to pay you know an arm and a leg, basically eight nine hundred dollars, to those other guys, where you're paying seven between seven sixty five hundred dollars. A lot of those guys are basically looking at the same kind of production, so that's kind of why I'm going with the guy who I kind of trust the most in that bunch. Um, the other receiver that I'm going with, and I'm, I'm kind of having a struggle with this because we talked off air about this guy, but I do think it's the price tag is something that kind of pulls me back in. I think this game might have a little bit more offense, maybe as you know, with the coaching changes. I'm going with Brandon Cooks at $5,800 at receiver versus Jacksonville this week. I know this is one of the uglier games to kind of watch or even care about. But Brandon Cooks had kind of got back on track last week. We have seen him have, you know, Davis Mills got an opportunity to kind of quote unquote shine for this offense. And I think they're going to try to put him in a position to succeed. But what I'm more excited about is that, you know, now that Urban Myers kind of moved on from Jacksonville. Maybe Jacksonville will actually score some points, forcing Houston to abandon their ugly running game and actually throw it to Brandon Cooks even more, which could have given with some upside. So you'd like to floor Brandon Cooks, but I'm hoping they get some upside this week possibly versus you know, poor, poor uh, Jacksonville defense. Yeah, you like the matchup. I like the price tag at $5,800 for him too. Excuse me. The usage with him, the way they used him last week, with Davis Mills was the key because he went back to line up in the slot, went back lying up to the perimeter. They actually featured him to try to help out Davis Mills quite a bit. There's still that low floor, of course, that comes with a Davis Mills for a Brandon Cooks. But yeah, in a tournament play in this match against Jacksonville, I'm not opposed to it at a $5,800 price tag. So the other receiver that I went with was... Um... A little bit another contrarian play, but I also just like the matchup, and I think that he's kind of trending in the right direction as of late and is due for a touchdown or two. And that's Chase Claypool versus Tennessee. Claypool comes in costing about $5,900. Um, you saw him have eight catches, 90-something yards last week. This Pittsburgh offense is nothing to write home about, but playing against the Tennessee secondary, that's not very good. You should expect that Pittsburgh should be able to throw the ball a little bit in this game. I think Chase Claypool or Julio Jones could be one of the two players who you kind of like in this game that could have, you know, the good games outside the known players. Like I think Deontay Johnson's kind of a give me. He's a guy I really struggled to keep out of my lineup um, in, in DFS this week. But I think the other guy that you look at is Chase Claypool. He hasn't scored, you know, don't have one touchdown or I think two touchdowns this whole season. But he has, you see him kind of on the verge of having big plays here or there and keep getting more and more production and involvement in the passing game. You know, he's about due soon. So hopefully he kind of rebounds for me this week and kind of has that big breakout game we've all been waiting for. So Chase Claypool is my, my lineup with my third receiver. Yeah, I totally disagree with you on this. Chase Claypool doesn't belong anywhere near a tournament lineup whatsoever. He doesn't have the upside. He doesn't have the ceiling because he doesn't have the big play because what Ben Roethlisberger is. And yes, he had the eight catches for 90 yards last week, but he also played well behind Deontay Johnson and Ray Ray McLeod. He's dealing with that foot injury. Tennessee's defense has been better as of late the second half of this season they were earlier on. I'm not with you on Chase Claypool being a good tournament play or even cash play. He would be out of my DFS lineup altogether. Well, that's one of the guys that we'll see how that kind of pans out. We'll talk about that next week. But he is a guy that I actually do like this week. Um, at the tight end position, I did try to – I was looking for some value in this in this position. And I think there's some to be had. But I kind of settled on the um, safest guy, I felt like. And to me, that's where you're looking for a um, George Kittle – not sorry, George Kittle, Mark Andrews. Uh, Mark Andrews coming in $6,400, whether Lamar Jackson plays or not. Tyler Huntley obviously has a connection with this guy. Lamar actually has a connection with this guy. So you're looking for him to be featured in this offense no matter what. He's one of the guys that, you know, no matter what happens with this Raven offense and how, you know, ugly it can look at times, he usually seems to be the one guy who can kind of pull them out of it. 
And I'm kind of going with the tight end theme right now. Our tight ends seem to be kind of carrying their teams. Mark Andrews might be one of those guys who can carry his team, and maybe your DFS lineup to a victory this week. So this is the first uh, same player that we have in our lineups this week. I also have Mark Andrews at my tight end position at $6,400. In a weird way, I actually like him more uh, with Tyler Huntley as the quarterback. Because since they've had it, when they've had to turn to Tyler Huntley previously, Andrews is the guy he has eyes for before anybody else. So I really do like Mark Andrews, regardless who the quarterback is. It is looking like it's going to be Tyler Huntley as of now because Lamar was not able to practice at all this week. But yeah, give me Mark Andrews, who got double-digit targets, double-digit catches last week with Tyler Huntley quarterbacking the majority of that game against a good match with Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I want to pay up. I'm with you. I want to pay up at tight end this week because the good tight ends have been showing out as of late, and I want to ride that wave. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other, so at the other flex position, I went for some value and a guy that people haven't really paid attention to, um, unless you're maybe an owner in, in other leagues. And that's Michael Carter comes back this week. Michael Carter cost forty seven hundred dollars. Um, one of the cheapest value plays you can probably find in your DFS opportunities at running back position. A guy who's pretty much, you know, evolving into a strong RB two play comes back versus Miami's defense. It's kind of playing really well, but still middle middle tier versus the run. Michael Carter should be a player that I mean, Robert Slareth was talking about this week, talking about how involved he's going to be in his offense, and he should be getting the lion share, lion's uh, share of the carries and touches. So you expect him to kind of get back and get back to that role before he moved, you know, had this ankle is- issue and kind of carry that Jets backfield. And so forty seven hundred dollars is a value I like to play, you know take the opportunity as well. Yeah, yeah, like you said, they were talking about him being having a big role his first week back. He is going to be have to be the offense. I mean, no Elijah Moore, no Corey Davis. They're running out of offensive playmakers. He's going to have to be the guy. Now, I don't know what that matters against this Miami Dolphin defense the way they've been playing as of late, but I do like the contrarian play in this instance, especially at the $4,700 price tag, a lot of value there. Yeah, and you're also hoping that, you know, this game, when you see Michael Carter have some of his – up-and-coming moments this season have been when the Jets have been down big and this team kind of gets those you know cheap touchdowns towards the end of the game. Michael Carter quite often benefits from those kind of opportunities. And then at the um, so at the defensive position, I went with my kind of looked around and I went with the cheapest price tag I could find. And that was with you know, the Carolina Panthers defense versus Buffalo. I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, Carolina's defense hasn't played well and hasn't been kind of showing up. They still are one of the better defenses statistically overall. You know, Josh Allen is banged up, and they can't run the ball. And one of the things that Carolina has kind of an issue with this year, surprisingly, has been being stopping the run, particularly tackling well versus running teams. And that's one thing you have to worry about playing Buffalo. So I think you're going to see them kind of play into Buffalo's hands. And I think that you're going to, you know, we don't have to play for Carol. We don't play for defenses overall. But Carolina might be a sneaky defense to kind of play this year, play this week because they have opportunity to kind of get to. Uh, Josh Allen, they have the fourth best in sack, rec- uh, sack percentage, and uh, Buffalo gives up one of the most you know sacks per game. And you have a, a quarterback who's also banged up who can't run around like he was either last week. So you put all those factors in the, you know together, a chance for me to have a decent play for the cheapest defense you can buy. It's the cheapest defense, which is why I'm okay with it. But Carolina's been falling apart as a team. Their defense is not the same over the past few weeks. And I think in a weird way, kind of like what he's doing to Aaron Rodgers, this injury might cause Josh Allen to be a little more effective throwing the football and could actually wind up being the worst scenario for the Carolina Panthers. But the price tag, knowing that it is a talented defense, is where I am with you, is that it's a, it's a fine DFS tournament play. I want to hit a couple questions that we were asked. This is mostly for redraft, but I want to address them anyway. Do you guys, what do you guys know about Craig Reynolds? Uh, Craig Reynolds, I'm not expecting him to be a big factor this week. He's fat. He's slow. He got lucky a week ago. Jamar Jefferson wasn't able to practice the whole week long. And I know, I know Jamal Williams didn't want to being activated from COVID list, but I don't think he's ruled out of this game just yet. We'll see exactly what happens there. But I expect Jamar Jefferson to be much more heavily involved this week than a Craig Reynolds or on the same level. I don't expect any of the Lions running backs to really be that fantasy relevant, minus Jamal Williams being able to be active for that game. The other question we were asked was, what quarterback has the better flow in Baltimore with Freeman? That is irrelevant. Freeman is the same value, whether it's Tyler Huntley or whether it's Lamar Jackson. It actually does not change at all based on the quarterback there at Baltimore. We're not going to go a break. I want to do quick fire rapid on my lineup so we can get the break and then go to Chaz Filardi, who we have in the waiting room, talk about our lock bets of the week. So 
Here's my lineup here, and I went heavy on the Dolphins. I'll just start off with that right off the bat. Tua Tagalavoa at $5,700, and then I went with Don- Devontae Parker at $4,300, and then I brought in Miles Gaskin at $5,300. Look, with Jalen Waddle out, we know the target share gets gets simplified to Devontae Parker, to a Mike Isicki. We know that Miles Gaskin is going to be the lead guy playing against the Jets. It doesn't get much better, that, especially at his price tag. And then you have Tua Tagovailoa, who I do have inside my top 15 at quarterback, so I think he has a higher ceiling. This team, whether it's an inferior opponent, whether it's a pro game script, a negative game script, a neutral game script, it does not matter. Give me Tua Tagovailoa and the passing volume that's going to come with him in this offense. So where do you think about my Dolphin trio here heading into this tournament? I think I'm most excited about Miles Gaskin of all those guys. Um, I kind of saw later before I kind of said a lot of uh, put Foreman in there. We kind of challenged, you know, whether he should be in there. That Miles Gaskin would be a superior player over Foreman, cost a hundred dollars more. But you love the opportunity versus the Jets. He hasn't been very efficient, but he does catch the ball, and he's basically going to fall into a touchdown or two probably just because they're playing the Jets and they'll get turnovers. Um, as for Tua, my only concern for him and and Javante Parker is I don't know how much time to throw the ball in this game, so I'm kind of curious matter. to see how their Dolphins. numbers. That, I, that's that's where I think most people are going to think like you do. And that's where it doesn't matter for the Dolphins because they throw the ball 35-plus times no matter what the matchup, no matter what the situation is. Yeah, so I still think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. They're going to put up 30 versus Jets necessarily. So that's where I'm kind of curious to see, will they have enough points for these receiver and the quarterback to kind of give you the ceiling you hope for? But I do think they have all floors because they play the Jets. It can't or hurt that. All right, let's mark this down next to the Chase Claypool and revisit next week because we're we're starkly, drastically different on both those things. We're not not normally that way. James Robinson, come back to glory, baby. Fifty four hundred dollars, no more Urban Meyer. Great matchup against Houston. No Carlos Hyde to have to worry about. I'm on the James Robin train all the way. Yeah, I think that you're hopeful that he you know doesn't know the block whatever happened last week. I still don't understand it, but hopefully he gets multiple you know double digit carries as long as he does that. You should have opportunity to have a great game. And you saw Rashad Payton versus Houston defense. Why can't James Robinson do that? Plus, I love the price tag. I do have Deontay Johnson in my lineup this week. There have been very few wide receiver ones who have been more consistent than a Deontay Johnson. You like to match him against Tennessee. $7,500 of the elite wide receivers, especially now with Cooper Cup out of the mix. He's the one I like the best because he has 7500 compared to 8900 of Devontae Adams. And yet he's still, for me, in the same playing fear because I have both of them as top five wide receivers. Yeah. With Devontae, you might have more upside than touchdown production, but with Deontay, you have the safe floor where you're, you're going to get seven to 10 touches almost every game guaranteed. One of the few guys other than Hunter on for Cooper cup that you can pretty much guarantee you're going to get you know, value for have a safest floor you possibly have in your lineup. So Deontay Johnson gives you that guy who can give you all the possession and opportunity, but also the big play opportunity. So great match and great price tag. Jamar Chase, roll, keep rolling that train, baby. He had two touchdowns last week, came back to fantasy glory. I say he keeps it rolling this week against Denver. I think this this is a better, uh, better. This is a more worse matchup, if I could actually speak English here. More worse matchup for T. Higgins against Denver in Denver. I think they're going to have to lean on Jamar Chase, especially in the red zone. I like him to get back on track. The momentum he built up last week. So give me him at $7,100. I wanted two workhorses at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I know there's a lot to be made about Denver's defense, his resurgent defense, and how great Patrick Sertan is. And I love Patrick Sertan, but don't get it twisted. This defense isn't great. They, Jamar Chase can still take advantage of them. And one of the things he's really going to they're going to struggle with is his speed. And I think you've seen that whole this whole year that Denver struggles with speed receivers. So I agree with you. Higgins is kind of have more of the tougher matchup in a sense where they can kind of have guys who can match up with his height and his jumping ability, but they don't have anybody can match Jamar Chase's speed. Amon Ross St. Brown is my flex play. $5,200. No more TJ Hawkinson. He gets to dominate the middle part of the field. Playing against the Arizona Cardinals is going to be two teams that like to go up-tempo all the time. He's had two weeks in a row. He's had 12 targets apiece in those two games. I love his floor-to-ceiling ratio, and the price tag is beautiful, especially in a PPR league like DraftKings. Give me Amon Ross St. Brown in my flex all day, every day. Yeah, I mean, you, you got kind of lucky with the touchdown recently, but usually you're going to get the volume with him because he's getting five to seven catches almost guaranteed. They're using him out of the backfield. It's actually an advantage if Jamal Williams does not play for 
St. Brown owners or St. Brown players in DFS because the usage in the backfield was awesome for him to be kind of get those easy five, seven yard catches. You don't really see a lot of big plays out of this guy, but you do see a decent amount of volume and kind of maybe a hump for run for in the making. And last but not least, my defense is the Green Bay Packers. I actually have them, believe it or not, my number two ranked defense on the week. Turnovers, whether it's Huntley or Lamar Jackson, have been had this season. The Packers, surprisingly, are one of the top turnover teams in the league. They blitz a hell of a lot. They're good for fantasy football purposes, and they're at $3,300. I actually wanted to make sure I get one of these top defenses this week because like tight end, defenses have been coming on strong, and there's a lot of good ones this week. I don't want to get left out too far in the branches. Yeah, there are some good defenses. $3,300 is a little rich from my blood. There was a couple of guys I liked a little bit cheaper than that. Around the 3,100 to 2,800, maybe a little bit more, but I don't think it's a bad play. I think that on paper it looks good. Um, and I think that if you're going to pay for a defense, then it's no one you're probably going to be willing to pay that much for. You're hoping for it kind of pans out for you, and it should because it's, you know, that's how it's kind of materialized over the plate. I'm just not a big fan of the Green Bay defense in general. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, but you love him against uh you love him in this week's matchup, that's for sure. Uh guess what we're gonna do? We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we get Chaz Flardy in the show. We'll talk about our lock bets of the weekend. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. MD Nation, we want to welcome in a new sponsor of the show called Props Fantasy from PropsFantasy.com. Props Fantasy is a website and app which allows users to import their season-long fantasy teams to challenge other season-long fantasy teams. Their crucial difference is that you can challenge other teams that you are not playing in your league that week or aren't even in your league or not even on the same platform. The idea behind Props Fantasy is to let casual season-long fantasy players use the teams they already have to engage in daily fantasy-type contests for winnings. Users can wager anything from $1 up to $1,000 on a head-to-head challenge. Props Fantasy even harmonizes the scoring. If you're in a PPR league and your opponent is not, Props Fantasy will default to a half-point PPR, or you can manually adjust it. They also handle things like standard lineup versus super flex. Their developers are fantasy football diehards and have thought of everything, including IDP. So if you think your season-long team is not just the best in your league, but the best in all leagues, this is your chance to find out and win money when you sign up for the Props Fantasy app today at PropsFantasy.com. So join in on the fun. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Welcome back into the MD's Fantasy Football Show, streaming to you live on social media at BillyFMDFF Show. Make sure you check us out on YouTube and subscribe to us when you get the chance and find us on your favorite pod streaming app after the show. Not to mention, we are streaming on TV. Download us on the Amazon App Store, the MD's Fantasy Football Show. It's all you got to do the search. And you download us to your Fire TV and Android devices. As always, I'm your host, Dan Maynard. Joining you with Chris Dowhauer. And now joining the show is Mr. Chaz Flory to talk about his lock bets of the week. Chaz, how you doing today? Well, you know, <clears throat> we've known each other guys a long time. You don't hear the word lock ever come out of my mouth. Ever, ever, ever. However, what you will hear from me is if you're the guy on the punt team that's out wide and you're trying to make the game end because you're winning. Don't touch the ball. Just sit there and let the ref <laughs> blow the whistle. Am I missing three, four seconds? How many times have you all lost a bet because there was three or four too many seconds? 
Yeah, no, completely agree. I thought I was going to lose the Kansas City Chargers bet until, thank goodness, Travis Kelsey happened and saved my day. But, yeah, that was a couple seconds too long. That was about to go the wrong way. I got two. I got two. I got Tampa Bay. I got two in one week. So, really, what do I wait now? Three more years to get it? Mm -hmm. To go overtime and you get the touchdown? I got two, right? Tampa Bay. Yeah. You don't get those ever. You know, that's when I, I left in my life. I've said I love you to my wife a bazillion times, but I've said all I need is a pick six, a bazillion and one. <laughs> <laughs> all I need is a pick six. How many times have we said those words? Uh, I agree. Yeah, we always we always need the miracles. We're always rooting for them. Speaking of miracles, it's going to be a miracle to get this week off. <laughs> oh <laughs> with all the co- it, it, it's really heavy, but I have to. I have to interject and tell you, my green, Bay Packer story. Okay. They were playing somebody, and they were my best bet of the week. I was so confident in them, I gave it to two of my friends that I talked to on, on the internet as a play in their parlay. They, we, the three of us do a parlay together. And my team is losing 10 to nothing, and I bet every shekel I had, every penny I had on them to cover the original 11 and a half. At plus 290-something. Wow. I cashed 20 tickets in one game. That's beautiful. I That's... took a little bit of money, and I 5X'd it. 5X'd it in one. In one basically, I was three quarters of a game. Yeah. And then, I don't know if you remember. All I need him to do is get the onside kick, and I can't lose. And they don't get the onside kick. And I had to sit through... It was a difference between like five bills and three bills. So I'm not saying I wouldn't have won money, but would you agree five bills is better than three bills? Always. And they made me run another three sets of downs because they got the onside kick. And that, really, the dude, I don't know when did they stop making that be a touchdown? Because that when I was growing up, that was a touchdown. You got the onside kick and kept running. You scored a touchdown. It was a touchdown. Well, no, if you are the kicking team, you are not allowed to advance the ball. That's been a rule for a number of years now. Oh, it's the other guy. That's right. If it, so it hits the lineman in the chest, he could rumble it. Correct. Because I have needed that before. I haven't gotten that too many times either, guys. <laughs> well, Chaz, I want to give you a round of applause. That's the kind of cashing tickets that we want and need on the show. So the good news, I guess, in one way to look at this is you'll be able to bet on the NFL from now until Tuesday. We have one Saturday <laughs> night game, Sunday, Monday, and we'll have two Tuesday night games now at seven o'clock. So we have a lot of week of we betting ahead of us. Games. Not to mention Thursday will be right there. And then we got the bowl, bowl games. So go ahead and take it away on that, Chaz. Well, the bowl games, they kind of don't know that. So when they schedule the bowl games, right, they take off Sunday and they, you know, they go and start next week again. So it, it's crazy. And here's, uh, you know, uh, really. The world's such a sick place right now with people shooting people at stores. I mean, if you go to the store to buy a Christmas sweater, you yeah. should shot. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and and I made fun of the one of the West on our show, Blackhawk West, who gave us some plays. Remember last week how many winners they gave us? I hit right. that parlay, by the way. John gave us a one a winner, and Blackhawk West. It was a hockey game. I remember he said they're like minus three sixty, so just bet them. Minus one and a half in the first score I saw was three to nothing. Golly gee. Soccer and hockey, when you see three to nothing as your first score, it's really hard to lose those games, you know? Oh, absolutely. We actually hit our parlay last week, too, finally. And I said, well, you know, uh, this COVID's everywhere. Jockey rooms are small. I mean, an NBA locker room is a lot bigger than a jockey room at Santa Anita. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah. We actually hit our parlay here last week. Yeah, so why don't no. we start talking about some bets? Why don't we, why don't we cash some tickets here? Let's start off with the Saturday night game because that's going to kick off things for the week, you know, after we had the Thursday night game. But this is, is going to be a tough game for me to bet on. It's the Colts. It's the Patriots. It's minus two. This line was actually minus two and a half earlier in the week. It's now minus two in favor of the Colts. The over-under set at 45. Chris, I said before, I was all in on the Colts at minus two and a half. Of course, I'm going to be all in on them at minus two. I do believe the Colts win this game at home against the New England Patriots. I think the Colts are the more talented team heading into this. Both teams have been prepared. Not only these teams have been very affected by COVID, which is pretty much a big positive sign for anybody right now. So I'll kick this to Chris first. Are you still on the I'm not betting this game, or are you going to 
grow some hair on your cojones. I'm still not. Well, no, my cojones come when I'm going the over on this game, but my okay. cojones aren't on who's going to be the winner of this game. I'll stick to that. I still, I told you, I think this game, you know, starts to be a defensive shootout or a defensive battle, and I think it's going to wind up being a higher score game, particularly because in Indianapolis, this is New England, different story, but in Indianapolis, I think the Colts can score with the Patriots, and I think the Patriots are going to throw the ball versus the Colts, and you're going to see a decent scoring game. Chad, what you see on that data? Now, bear with me if you if you lose uh, my attention span because uh, I have uh, Northern Illinois on the money line at plus like four sixty, and they got the ball with fifty seconds fifty six seconds, and they're down six. So bear with me. Okay, so um, well, yeah, remember New England was the team that hit me three bets, right? I hit New England and under uh, first quarter, first half game, and second half against Buffalo. So and then they had a buy, so I couldn't come back with them. But how many? Weeks that we talked about the Colts and the team total over. I'm so confused on this game. <laughs> well, let's go with a game that's probably less confusing. Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals. It actually could be confusing. They have no DeAndre Hopkins, no A.J. Green. Although they are getting back Chase Edmonds this week. They do have James Conner. He'll be good to go. And they're playing the Detroit Lions. This line has moved up, which I was a little surprised to see. It's now at minus 12 and a half in favor of the Cardinals. It was at 11 and a half earlier in the week. So a full point up. For the Arizona Cardinals, I'm not really sure why. We all knew T.J. Hawkins and DeAndre Schiff were going to miss anyway. But, yeah, so what are we looking at here? Did the Cardinals go into Detroit and win by double digits? I'd probably say yes, so I probably would take the Cardinals here. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not super – I'm not excited that it's not, this number keeps going up. I, I think 11.5 was a good number. It's getting into that you know cheap touchdown range now, but I still think Arizona should cover in this game. They're the more dominant team. I think Detroit had to Super Bowl two weeks ago when they beat the Vikings, and I think they're basically from now on, Arizona's going to kind of you know establish themselves. They don't need DeAndre Hopkins or A.J. Green to beat this Detroit team. Chaz? Yeah, I do apologize because – I, I did not mention the Blackhawk game and the Ranger game that are going now. They were both tied. We were supposed to, I was supposed to tell you the Blackhawk West set the to bet them on the money line along with James Madison plus four. So I do apologize. But when a guy gives you winners like these guys do, I, you know, I bet them and Absolutely. when I tell somebody and then they win, I feel real bad. You know, uh, I got some data here. So we got Arizona allows in uh, on the road in the first quarter. Zero points. Nine okay. out of ten games. Nine out of ten goes. Arizona allows quarter one road, zero points, and nine out of ten games, zero points. It says, and I wrote it again. Remember, this is my MD's cheat sheet I have, right? And I spend, sometimes I'm at the bar, sometimes at the kitchen table, sometimes I'm on the patio, sometimes I'm at the pool, but I always do an MD's cheat sheet. And I wrote again, zero points, like to remind myself how in ten games, zero points, or nine of them. Okay, I, so we talk about it all the time. If you get zero points in the first quarter against me, I'm going to beat you more times than I'm not going to beat you. One hundred percent. Yeah. So take yeah, take Arizona. I love the the first quarter bet because Detroit they don't score early in the game. They score in the second half of the game when you know they're in garbage time and the other defense is playing prevent defense. So that's wanna, an easy way to go I after got, this one. I got one good one here. Detroit sure. half first half in their last nineteen games. And I realize they haven't played nineteen games, but that's how bad this organization is. They stink for multiple years in a row. Eighteen of nineteen, they have allowed double digits. So you get ten points if you show up in Detroit or play Detroit. If you play Detroit in the first half, you get ten points. That's how it works. I like it. I like it. Let's talk about Houston and Jacksonville real quick. If nothing else, just so I can mention that. Jacksonville went from minus three favorites to minus five favorites after Urban Meyer was fired. I absolutely love that. And you know what? I think Houston's going to win. I'm taking Houston plus five at least on the points. But I really want to put some money just on Jacksonville just just cause, just just to ride the wave. Like, if nothing else, just to celebrate with them. But my my analysis for you guys to win money would be Houston plus five. They won this matchup earlier in the year. Believe it or not, I actually think they are the more well-coached team. I know Jacksonville might have some emotions going on right now flying into this game, but I'd rather be on the Houston side of this thing, plus especially with the points in a game that could be a field goal. Who knows who's going to win this one? Chris, where are you at on this? Yeah, so first I want to I want to go with build off what you said about Urban Meyer. Thank God he got fired. Thank God he's not longer in the NFL. I appreciate it. Having said that, while I don't have the numbers in front of me and the facts that 
Chaz gets to share with you guys. I have eyes and my eyes tell me, don't mess with this shit show. Who cares who wins this <laughs> game? Just let it be. The NFL shouldn't make us watch this. You got anything to date it, Chaz? Yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars logo is the should be the logo when you're doing a sportsbettinglessons.com class on why you can't be afraid to bet the under. I like it. I like it. And the oh, under, by the way, for that game is 39 12. and a half on the game. 11 or 12. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's talk about the Jets and the Dolphins. And the reason I want to talk about this game, because this is going to be one of my lock bets of the week. I love the Dolphins at minus nine and a half. I think they're going to roll over the Jets. The Jets don't have any more offensive firepower. And the Dolphins defense has gotten back to form and is one of the best defenses in the league now. They score points on top of the offense being able to score points because the Jets can't stop anybody either. So give me the Dolphins confidently at minus nine and a half. The over-under set at 41, by the way. Give me the over. Because unlike Chris, I think the Dolphins actually are going to score points this week. But give me the over, but especially give me the lock at minus nine and a half. Chris, how about you? Yeah, I'm not going to go with the over, but I will go with it. I would take down the Dolphins by double digits. I think they're going to win this game handily. I think they're definitely a superior team. Um, and I think they're a, a terrible matchup for the Jets. I think this game's going to be another game really hard to watch, though. Chaz, we have any data here? What uh, what's the point spread on that game? Minus nine and a half in favor right, of Dolphins at, in Miami. In, in in Miami hasn't given up seventeen points in a while to anybody. Seventeen or less, everybody scores against Miami. However, uh, eleven out of twelve. I think we just did eleven out of twelve. Yeah, the the under in the Jacksonville eleven out of twelve. Uh, Jets allow twenty four plus eleven out of twelve. The bottom line is eleven out of twelve. <laughs> think about that. That's just. A long, long. If you're cashing, eleven and one. Well, wow. I take yeah, those. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Let's move into. Eh, let's talk about my favorite team. Why not? Let's talk about the 49ers and the Atlanta Falcons. This is a big line. This is a big line. It's minus nine in favor of San Francisco at home. The over under set at forty six. I don't think the 49ers are going to blow this team out. I will take the Falcons plus nine points in this game. I think the 49ers win. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than just nine points. I don't think they win by two scores here. I'm going to kick this to Chaz first. Chaz, what do you got on the data for this game? Atlanta in the second half, 10 points. You get 10 points if you play Atlanta and it goes to the second half. If, so, you know, maybe the game was canceled because of lightning in the first half, you wouldn't get your 10 points. In the second half, everybody gets 10 points. And you know what? When overs and unders are 22 and 23, knowing that 10 points is yours, it it impacts how you look at the game. No, agreed. Agreed. Chris, what do you think? Because he's smirking over there. Because I think this is going to be one of the most telltale signs of the 49ers games this entire season. In in my heart and what I would bet on is the 49ers should destroy Atlanta Falcons. They're the superior team. They're a terrible matchup for this Falcons team who can get no pass rush. That's not going to be able to stop the run. Versus offense that you know basically can do whatever Cordell Patterson can do for them. With Fred Warner back, 49ers have been pretty good versus the run right now. And then you have a your secondary you can definitely split with the 49ers, but Atlanta can't do anything with any of the receivers, so it doesn't really matter. I think I think the 49ers should be the superior team, but it's in it, it's in San Francisco. It's versus Atlanta, a team they should destroy, and it kind of sets up for you know early in the season recently, the 49ers kind of screwed themselves a lot in the season. But in a sense, this game should be the 49ers all day, every day. And if you're going to bet, I bet on the 49ers double digits to win this game. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I disagree. I know my team well, and they played down their competition whenever the, uh, whenever the proposition suits them best. But let's talk about the Denver Broncos and the Cincinnati Bengals. This game in Denver. Denver's favored. I was surprised by this because to me, the Bengals are definitely the better team. They are favored at home minus three. The over under set at 44 and a half. I am on the Bengals at plus three. Like I said, they're the better team right now. I don't trust Denver to be able to put up the points and have the firepower to stick with the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals have a decent defense in their own right an underrated uh, run defense in particular, which is what you need to shut down the Broncos offense completely right now. I want the Bengals plus three. I'm calling it one of my locks of the week. Chaz, I want to see what you have on the data for this game because it's going to yeah, be close. No, you're, you're, you nailed it. Cincinnati scores points. They've scored 22-plus in 10 of 11. At home, it's 24-plus in 5 of 5. Um, that's exactly what you said. Good Chris, for you. are you with me? 
Yeah, I like the I like Cincinnati in this game too. I think Denver's getting a little bit too much love, especially late because people are seeing the running game be successful. I think this defense is kind of you know back on track without Von Miller. Don't buy the hype. I think Cincinnati's a better team. And Cincinnati, when they're when they're dogs, in my opinion, play better. When they're actually supposed to be play well, supposed to be favorites, they seem to just not show up. But in this game, they're kind of fighting for a chance. They're underdogs in Denver, a team they should be better than, and they're going to show up and play. I like it. All right, let's talk about the Packers and the Baltimore Ravens. We know it's most likely. I don't think Chris back me up on this. Lamar Jackson didn't get officially ruled out, but he didn't practice today. No, so he's he still questionable. Yeah, hasn't practiced all week. Still questionable. Harbaugh still holding out hope. I don't know why. Because uh, honestly, Lamar Jackson with a high ankle sprain is not a quarterback I want to have because he hasn't been very good from the pocket this year, and that's kind of what he'd be reduced to. But anyway, neither here nor there. I'm going to bet this game as if Tyler Huntley is going to be the quarterback. And the Packers are minus seven favorites in Baltimore, something you don't see very often, Baltimore being that heavy underdogs at home. But I think the Packers cover because they are got Aaron Rodgers, who's hot. they got Devontae Adams, who's hot. They're getting players back on their defensive side of the ball, like Jared Alexander's coming back, and their pass rush is coming back. And, yeah, I think the Packers are going to win this handily against Baltimore. How about you, Chaz? If you had a birthday in October, then you – your birthday was celebrated the last time the Packers didn't cover the second half. Nine straight games. I like second halves. I don't know if you guys know that about me, but I like second halves because that's when games are won yes. or lost, you know? I agree. How about the Sunday night game? Saints, Bucks. So Tom Brady hasn't beaten the Saints since he became a Tampa Bay Buck. This line is minus 11 and a half. Now, they are in Tampa Bay. See, uh, the Saints, of course, don't have a lot of firepower on offense. That's a given. Defense has been inconsistent. But their defense seems to get up for Tampa Bay. I'm kind of curious about this game. I actually think the Saints cover at plus 11.5. If, if they're going to have to play their game. The Bucs certainly, on paper, should, should be able to blow them out by double-digit scores. But if the Saints run the ball effectively with Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara, and they attack the edges. Chris, you and I talk about this all the time. Yes, you can't run up the middle on the Bucs, but you can run on the edge, and that's what the Saints do. And when you have a defense that seems to have that offense's number the way that they do, if they can keep this game close and run, I don't think they win, but I do think they cover the 11.5 points. What are you, where are you at, Chris? Yeah, so I, I'm kind of with you. Now, one thing that gives Tampa Bay pulls me the other way is Sean Payton did test positive for covid is supposed to be out for the game possibly, so we'll be not coaching. And he seems to be a big part of, you know, defense plays extremely well. I can't argue that. But their offense seems to kind of get back on track versus Tampa Bay as well. And Sean Payton kind of called one of some of the better games, seems to get up for this game. So that's going to be kind of a huge concern to see who kind of replaces his role because the offense doesn't have a lot of talent. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara kind of be utilized. Um, having said that, I think that it's going to it's a game I don't want to touch because I think you you see the trends with New Orleans giving them a hard time over the last few weeks or the last two seasons, I should say, despite how good Tampa Bay has been. And despite wherever the Saints are kind of in the standings, they play this team well. But Tampa Bay has been great at home. Tom Brady is a completely different quarterback at home, so is the offense. So you kind of have that feel that it should be a good scoring game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You just haven't seen that versus Saints, even though it's been versus everybody else they have been. Chaz, do you have any data for us on this one? I do. Saints defense hasn't given up points. I mean, it's been two months since somebody scored 24. So if you went eight straight weeks, right, and you had a coach, you were a coach of a football team, any football team, and you went eight straight weeks and nobody scored 24 or more, everybody was 23 or less, wouldn't you be pretty happy? Wouldn't you think you won a few of those games? Yeah. Tampa Bay, like Chris said, is just a different animal, man. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to stop betting the Tampa Bay, team, Tampa Bay team total over anytime soon. Okay. No way. Okay. Uh, I don't have any of the games for Tuesday and the extra Monday game as of right now. They're not up on the sports books. I assume they will as we get closer. Again, a lot of things are up in the air for those games. That's why they got moved. But we do have the Monday night game, the regular Monday night game. The Minnesota How does Vikings. Happen? What's that? Chicago get primetime, be on primetime back to back weeks. So Sunday night last week, Monday night. Like, who wants to watch the pathetic Bears? Again they on have the time? benefit of having the Packers and the Vikings, who people do want to watch on primetime. I mean, that's that's how that happens. That's exactly how that happens. Uh, but yeah, it is the Vikings and the Bears. It's minus six. The Vikings are on the road. This line was at five and a half. I liked it better at five and a half. But I think I will stick with the Vikings at minus six. The over under 
is at 44 and a half. The Bears are getting affected too. Now, I will say this: the good news is a lot of their players who did not have COVID but were out yesterday due to illness, I think all of them except for one player returned to practice today. So that's a good sign. Again, this game's Monday. So today would have been like the equivalent of a Thursday practice. But they do lose Allen Robinson, a couple guys on defense as well. The Vikings, shockingly enough, the Vikings were the like the big controversial team heading into the season about, oh, you're not all getting vaccinated. Kirk Cousins not getting vaccinated. They're not having any COVID issues. <laughs> Go figure, like everybody else is. Uh, but the Minnesota Vikings here are going in there full strength with the with minus, you know, Adam Thielen, who's still dealing with the ankle injury. I don't see why they don't take care of business. You like Minnesota on the road more anyway. The only thing you could throw at me is Kirk Cousins being terrible at prime time, but he was bad last Thursday in a prime time game, and the Vikings were still able to take care of business. Now, they tried to give it away, but I don't think Chicago, even though Ben Roethlisberger is super old, I don't think Chicago is even as good as Steelers are right now. So, Chris, are you uh, fading at all on Minnesota Vikings minus six? Yeah, that's not a, the Vikings are one of the hardest teams for me to ever bet on. They're like the Chargers where I just, you know, everything logically you think of and you're just kind of like, but it's the Vikings. It's the Chargers. And just seem to always play down to the competition. Talked about your team playing down the competition. This Vikings team loves to do that. You saw that kind of versus Pittsburgh team where they were obviously the more superior talented team and still allow Pittsburgh to get back in that game. So for me, this is a game where it's a little too close division rivalry. No Chicago's beat up. It looks great on paper for the Vikings. It just also seems that Chicago may be able to move the ball a bit more offensively themselves versus Vikings team, and therefore I think it may be a little closer than you want it to be. Maybe the Bears score a court cheap touchdown, so I'm not going to take this game. I'm not going to bet on either side. Chaz, do you have any data? Yeah, here's some numbers. 16, 9, 20, 4, 9, 15, 16, 21. Sounds good like they could be scores from a game. That's the temperature, the low temperature in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the last seven days. Okay. Or in the next seven days. The next seven days. Okay. Well, this game's in Chicago. Yeah, this game's Chicago. Oh, see, that's why they don't have any COVID in Minnesota. The coaches <laughs> don't want to go there. Oh, I see you're going with this. I okay. go there if it's nine. <laughs> Even, Even though I, I will get COVID credit on the high that day was 22. If I read the highs, it would sound like football scores too. All right, so we got Minnesota scores double digits, half one, eight out of nine. They're eight and one against the spread in those nine games in the first half. On the road, however, for the game, they allow 27 plus of eight and nine. So, uh, that's smelling over to me. Uh, Chicago game, one and seven against the spread. At home, they only score 22 or less most games. So that's the problem. The, the, it's really hard. But remember, Minnesota almost got us, or they did, they got us the first half over the other night. Remember? They were playing somebody that didn't score, and they got the over by themselves. So, yeah, you know what? Uh, it's hard to have an over when the Bears are involved. It's hard to have an over with the Bears, the Lions, uh, Houston, Jacksonville. When those teams are playing, you just suck. You want to have the over. They're all playing each other this week. That's the game where I told you. That's the, they're the uh, logo for, you know, I'm afraid that that uh, under is anonymous. Before we hit our parlay the, the end of the show, I do want to reiterate that the MD's DFS contest this week will be back on DraftKings. Again, we have a technical issue with Super Draft Pro. We'll be trying to get it back to there next week. But for this week, we'll go back to DraftKings. The link is in the comments wherever you're watching this live. We'll promote it a couple of times throughout the weekend. Make sure you join. Nobody was able to beat me, the host, last week. So go ahead, dive in. If you win, you win one free week of Easy Sports Betting Data. And you get your name to be eligible for the championship football giveaway at championshipfootballs.com, headed if up by this win, man. If your name is chosen, I'll send the Baylor the souvenir football basketball, national championship Baylor embossed beautiful three panel to a charity in uh, Waco. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, especially for the Christmas time uh, as well. Chris, do you have your lock bet of the week? Yeah. So I, my lock bets have been the kiss of Beth at some times, but the last week we did come out. So this one's going to kind of win me no matter what. That's going to go to the 49ers and lock bet over Atlanta. If I'm right, <laughs> I love it. If I'm wrong, I love it anyway for Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hope you're right and I'm wrong on that one. I would love my team to win and cover. My lock bet of the week is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals plus three against Denver. And honestly, I would probably take them on the money line if I was just betting that game as an individual. I'd like them to win this game outright. But for our parlay sake, Cincinnati Bengals plus three all the way. 
Chaz, what do you have? Oh, what was the line on the 49er game? Uh, minus nine. No, I'm going. I'm taking Green Bay. Green Bay all the way, baby. Green Bay yeah. minus seven against the Baltimore Ravens. You're gonna close this, Chaz. You said it. You said it. You said. Uh, uh, no, Chris, you're gonna cross. That's gonna spread the ankle. Ain't the quarterback I want. I'm right. gonna close the genius. <laughs> I'm gonna look like a genius. <laughs> that's a good way to go out in the show, guys. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Uh, remember, keep vigilance. And I know there's there's a lot of things going on right now with some hackers getting in the internet. I've actually had uh, mobile issues myself today. So if you're going to have internet issues while you have it available to you, do your best to set your lives ahead of time. It's your fantasy football playoffs. Don't get ruined because some hackers ruined your day. Just throwing that out there. There's some news going around. Uh, just not our country, but uh, international as well. But guys, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, make sure you check us out throughout the weekend on your favorite pod streaming app. Download us on the Amazon App Store. Subscribe to us to YouTube and follow us on social media because the player news notifications are going to be very valuable for you guys. I will have my rankings updated tonight before the Saturday game on BillionFantasySports.com and again on Sunday. That's where my easy sports data is. And that's also where the Chaz easy sports beta data is on that one. 1650, baby. And you can bet Great. eight different ways on every single yeah. I tell you right now, I 20X that Sunday. 20X yeah. that 1650 on Sunday alone. And you guys could too if you actually get the data on your hands. Remember, you don't have to just win the MD's DFS contest to get it. That's going to do it for the show. Guys, have a lovely weekend. Everybody stay safe. Get ready for your holiday. And Chaz, as you always like to say, always be cashing. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.